Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Alex and Mo IMOPT podcast. Tonight, Alex and I are diverting a bit. Um, we were scheduled to have Dr. Alexandra Merriman on our podcast uh, tonight. However, there's good news on her end. She welcomed a baby girl into the world, and we are truly happy for her and her spouse. So congratulations, Dr. Merriman. On Friday, uh, the Center for Medicare Services, CMS, proposed a payment cut for home health care services. Both Alex and I are business owners in the home health settings. So this definitely will have an impact on us. So we are going to discuss that uh, tonight. We want to thank everyone who has subscribed to our channel so far, our YouTube channel, and have been tuning in to our episodes. We remain grateful for all the support that you have been showing us um, over the past couple months. Um, Alex, anything you want to share? No, just thank you. Thank you. Very thankful to everybody. Very appreciative of the support. Um, you know, looking at our numbers on YouTube, the last couple episodes uh, have been blowing up. And uh, that, that's very awesome. And, and again, very thankful to everybody. Uh, when, when you and I started this podcast, you know, we we had wanted to have fun with it and, and hope to do well. But I think uh, it's going uh, probably far better than, than I thought it would initially and, and so quickly. Um, so it's very promising, uh, very motivating to, to keep going and, and to keep putting out content for everybody and that, that's being so receptive. So overall, thank you very much. Continue to support us. Continue to follow us. Uh, share it with your friends, families, colleagues. Whoever, man, we, we have a little bit of, of information and, and stuff for everybody. I feel uh, we try to hit on stuff, not just PT related, not just home health related, uh, but just stuff in, in life, things that you can do on your day to day life, whether you're clinical or clinical. Uh, so, yes, thank you. And, and, and you know, appreciate the support and, and keep it coming. Uh, yes. So this week is a big week for any female who has benefited from Title IX. Um, on Thursday, it's going to be celebrating 50 years, which is about less than a decade old than how I am because I'm in my 40s. I was one of those who benefited from Title IX because I did receive an athletic scholarship to come to this country to play soccer. And that set me up to be in the position that I'm in today, and I remain truly thankful for the people who fought to allow women to be able to get scholarships to compete in college sports. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a huge uh, point in, in history. Um, and, and I think every year in, in, in collegiate sports especially, you know the women's that stage is getting bigger and and they're up to the up to the the task so to speak um you know the last couple of years the women's college world series in softball 
has been amazing. Um, and and it, you're getting more and more of a draw. You're getting more of those dollars behind it. Uh, and, and ultimately, you know, as we've known, we've discussed uh, with the women's national soccer team and, and, and things of that nature, uh, talks, money talks. So for these women to be given the opportunity to play at the collegiate level and, and go from there, but not only are they playing, like they're shining, they're bringing eyes and money and sponsors to their individual sports. And, and that's, that's a huge thing for, for them and for all the young girls um, coming up, you know, that want to have these dreams of playing in high school, college, and, and even some pro. Uh, it's because of the women that fought and back then and, and continue to fight. And, and I, I got to say, like I said, I think that um, I've really noticed it in, in women's softball at the collegiate level, how it's, it's really taken off and it's exciting. A couple of years ago, Florida State was in the finals. So, you know, it put me to watch and, and, and that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool experience to, to see those girls uh perform and have that many uh eyes on them you know i think uh if i'm not mistaken oklahoma went back to back this year and uh again just a lot of excitement around it uh yes um i'm i'm glad that there is i wouldn't say equal opportunity because it's definitely not equal but at least it opened the doors for many to start careers um, on the professional setting as well. Um, speaking about equality and inequality, uh, Dr. Lisa Van Hoos, um, and thank you for the shout out of our podcast on your um, Linda Woodruff uh, lecture that was held on June 16th um, by the APTA. Uh, she spoke about DEI burnout and fatigue and um it's something many no matter what your color hue is or your racial ethnicity has expressed that you know it some have a them out or they're tired of hearing about it um but you and i created this podcast to bring to light some of the challenges that we face as black and brown uh, clinicians. There's a motion that's gonna be brought to the floor stating that we should just focus on the business of physical therapy, but businesses are run or functioned by people in it, like you and me. So if you don't wanna discuss the issues that affect clinicians like Alex and I, or you don't want to discuss circumstances that affect the patients who are paying us for the services that we render, it's it's not it's not physical therapy. So the only thing you're concerned about is money. And this leads us into the proposed cuts that CMS has been talking about for years because I don't think we take into fact the, um, our role in playing for the misuse, abuse, and overuse of 
um, services that I've done in the past to make them feel that physical therapy is not necessary or needed. And we have a role to play in the cuts that we are getting because we didn't properly manage the, the gifts that we were given. And a lot of us took abuse of it. Um, we have sort of been a subservient profession for a very long time. And a lot of us still operate that way that we don't want to take ownership of stuff. And it's about time we start doing that and stop hiding behind other professions. If you know that you own a clinic and you bill for services that you're not directly providing to a patient, that's misuse. And you can't say that CMS should pay you the actual fee for services that a skilled person is not rendering. And it is affecting everyone else in all settings. In home health, a tech cannot go to see a patient. It is a skilled licensed clinician that has to go in and provide those services. We have transportation costs rising because of increased gas prices. In Maryland, regular gas price is over $5 now, which is crazy. For regular yeah. gas. Yeah, we're not quite so, there yet. So clinicians are not going to want to drive over 10, 20 miles to go see a patient because you're going to have to fill up probably two to three times a week. Okay. Now, because of the cuts that CMS is giving to agencies, they can't account for increased wages that people are asking for. Cost of living is going up because rent is going up. Housing prices are going up. Inflation is going up. Even the cost of groceries is going up. I just went to the grocery store <laughs> and bought a few items. And I was like, look, I have to be shopping on a budget now. I can't be paying for steak and salmon anymore. So, you know, maybe I have to live on drumsticks. Even wings is expensive. So, everything. I mean, this, this, this is crazy. <laughs> You, you leave the house, you're going to spend 150 easy. Um, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, everything you just said, uh, you know, starting off with the, the DEI fatigue and, and, and focusing on the business. I mean, physical therapy is people. You know, we, we've got to take care of the people. We've got to take care of the people that need our services. We've got to take care of the people that are providing the services. Because at the end of the day, you can't have one without the other. Um, and and we're getting to a point where it, it's getting hard for the reason the cost of gas, the cost of food, housing, and all those things. We're, we're going to start to push people out to other, other professions. You know, like it, we've had the conversation. It's been had multiple times um social media twitter and stuff where mainly you and i interact the return on investment the return on the degree the doctorate of physical therapy is nowhere near in my opinion what it needs to be for the amount of time school money that is put into it um i was just interacting with uh, uh a new grad who's interviewing uh for a position i think he's based out of california and 
you know, he made a comment, you know, he's having to to deny or decline job offers via email like he's breaking up with people. Was the question how many of them have been disrespectful with the money? And he just said, How much time do you have? You know, and, and it's things like that that make it hard. You know, nobody accounts for what happens uh, underneath the, the, the roof and four walls that everybody sleeps on at night. Like we, we have to take that into account and everybody wants to cut. Everybody wants to cut. We're, we're going to end up losing um, a lot of good clinicians because at the end of the day, you've got to, you've got to do what's best for you and your family. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've looked into, you know, how can I pivot? Can I pivot? Can I make a move? to do something different, um, not because I don't like what I'm doing, but it's getting harder and harder. It's getting harder and harder to be able to provide, to be able to enjoy uh, my day-to-day life without figuring out like, man, this is costing me a lot more than, than what it used to. And I can't make any more money because the way that our profession is set up, you know, it, there's a reimbursement model in there and companies don't want to pay, you know, and now now CMS is saying, hey, we're going to cut 4.2%, which I think the article you and I were discussing said it was like $8 billion or, or something actually, like that. Like, actually, yeah, it's 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 a lot, you know, um, so it's, it's just like how what how how, you know, you and I, we. We do things as business owners. We go to these agencies and, and we propose what we feel is is fair and worth our time and effort. But now they're going to start cutting that. And, and, you know, as we all know, is all it takes is one. One person says, I'm going to do that. I'll do it for cheaper. Well, and then that one person just messes it up for everybody because they're like, well, I'm not going to pay you. Jimmy down the street said he's going to do it for less. Right? And so that then it affects quality of service because less is not always best. And who is going to be on the shitty end of the stick? It's a patient. And, and, and you know, at the same time, like, you've got the good clinicians that are going to get burned out. You've got the good clinicians that are going to get burned out. Because they're having to work longer, harder to break even if they're lucky. You know, and, and so then lucky. and then at that point you're like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? You know, um, being completely transparent, I've had a very rough last week and a half professionally, just working and stuff like it's just been very busy to the point where it's just exhausting. Um, and you're like, man, like this has only been like a week and a half. There's people that are working like this every day. I'm like, I can't do this every day, you know? And when you start getting cuts, both from, from all kinds of sides, from the business side, from CMS side, that's all, <coughs> excuse me. That's what you, that's what you're leading to is that burnout and people are just going to say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to go in a different direction. And then it'll be like, well, now we don't have home health clinicians. You know, I, I feel like outpatient has been 
going in that route for several years because their reimbursement rates have been getting cut and cut and cut. The majority of physical therapy, people want to work in outpatient. I mean, I see job postings here in Florida talking about full time, 60 grand, like 60 grand. I can go do something else that doesn't require me to have a doctorate in seven years of school and make 60 grand, not to mention the student debt. Yep. So then if reimbursement is going to get cut almost every other year, then what's left for, for us to really do? Um, you're talking about making a pivot. Um, trust me, that has crossed my mind, especially when I was going through the weeks of the illness that I, I had. And people, take care of yourself. Don't work yourself to the fact that, you know, your, your body is getting so fatigued that you keep pushing yourself and trying to be resilient and it shuts down on you. So you don't want to be in, in that position ever. So I have also thought about, okay, what avenue is there? So even putting my business in a position to, to sell, but who is going to want to purchase a, a business if the payments are going to keep declining? And cost of living is going to be going up and people are going to be wanting more money. That's just going to cut in to your profit margin. So you have to think of other ways to, to make money. You think about consulting, but who's going to want to pay for consulting when it's not really going to be getting them more money for direct services? We hear gurus talking about not trading your time for money. So, but most people are not in the position to all be consultants or all be teachers and instructors. So they have to see patients directly because that's why you went to school and that's what physical therapy pretty much is. So what choices do you have after spending seven years in school possibly doing a residency because a lot of people want to have that extra alphabet behind the DPT. What choices does, do they have? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's definitely something that's very challenging. Uh, um, you know, my wife and I were discussing, you know, we've been doing things kind of the same way for a while and, and that always work. Um, but with the nature, the economic nature of, of our society right now and, and the way things are, you know, we we have to start getting creative in, into how we're doing things, right? And, you know, somebody asked, uh, you know, on, on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago about, you know, how, how I'm trying to remember the exact wording, but basically how happy are you uh, as a as a physical therapist right now? And, you know, why do you feel that way? And it was like somewhat happy, very happy, not happy, you know, and, and it's tough because I enjoy doing what I do. I enjoy helping people, but it's getting harder. 
it's getting harder to 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 make ends meet. And as much as we get into this, and you and I have talked, you know, we didn't get into this because I mean we got bills to pay. We got people that rely on us. Um, you know, I got a wife and two kids. I, I gotta take care of them. And with proposed cuts, how how, you know, because now again it's you know like they say the trickle down so the agency now gets less money so they're going to want to turn around and pay you less money um they so. may not even want to use honestly thinking from a management perspective they would want to employ their own people because it's gonna cost them less than to pay for contractors like you and i yeah. Um, so that will eventually reduce the amount of jobs that you and I will have. Um, they are also going to lay people off like they did when the PDGM came down. So that's going to be another massive job loss for physical therapists. And that didn't go over well when that happened prior to COVID. And you think that after COVID, the value of physical therapy would have increased um, because the role we had to play during the pandemic, but it, it doesn't seem like it. And this is not the best time to be losing losing a job. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, and obviously being in healthcare as a physical therapist, I like to think that, you know, you'll always have, have a job. Um, the bigger question, in my opinion, is, 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 will you need one job? Will you need two jobs? Will you need three jobs uh, to, to make your numbers work for your situation? Um, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's concerning. It's concerning. I mean, we, we'd be, I feel like we'd be lying if we were just painting this rosy picture, like, you know, everything is good uh, all the time, you know, as some, some people do, you know, that Instagram filter life, but I, we a safe space here um, for us to be real and to be, be real. It's like, it, it's concerning. It's concerning uh, for the, for the future of home health, physical therapy, for the future of home health in general, uh, because, you know, physical therapy is a huge player in the home health world. It's a huge, huge player. Um, you know, I would say that outside of like IVs, probably, you know, more in-depth wound care and, and some therapists are amazing wound therapists. So I'm not going to disregard them. And by no means am I putting down nurses, but uh, we can do a lot of things for a patient on a huge scope of meeting their needs in their home. Right. So when you, start to threaten that where do we go where do yep. we go you know because it used to be like oh if you were an outpatient oh if you go to if you go to rehab or you go to skilled nursing you can make more money right then it was like okay go to home health well now they're trying to cut that we already know that outpatient is really not anywhere that you can make money and again, to make it very clear for everybody, we did not get into this to be 
millionaires. We're fully aware of that. But well, we have to keep it real. As you said, bills have to be paid. But we got bills to pay. Mods have right? to be fed. When I came out of PT school, I was single. I only had to account for one person. That was me. So I could go do an outpatient, which I did, and I loved every minute of it. And then it just got to the point where I was like, this money don't make sense. So let's let's try to move, you know, and that's how I progressed. But even now, at my point, I'm like, okay, let's try to stay one or two steps ahead of the game as best I can to try to account for stuff. Uh, but it, it's getting tough. It's getting tough to, to kind of get everything lined up and, and do things the way that you were probably doing it, you know, one, two, three years ago. Uh, it is getting tougher. It's getting tougher. So it'll be interesting to see. Like, I know they open it up to like a public comment period and, and people can make comments. So home health clinicians, you know, be vocal, be vocal. Let them know how this is going to affect your patients, how it's going to affect you and how it's going to affect your ability to provide that care. Because if they're going to cut uh, payments, but cost of gas is more, you know, those patients, like you mentioned, like, Hey, Alex, I need you to go see this patient. It's 20, 30 minutes away. I'm like, I'm good. I can't afford it. It's costing me less than time that what you're paying me for the visit, you know, and it just leads people to start doing, to start cutting more corners. Because if we're being real, we're already cutting corners. Everybody cuts corners wherever they can. But now you're making it more almost required to cut those corners because you can't make it work any other way. Um, so. Because the demands, the demands aren't going to change because Oasis E is coming out. Yeah. So that's increased documentation uh, requirements. And clinicians are not going to be happy about it. And, and 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 more and more people want to be home. I mean, especially with COVID, you know, you had people that were like, I'm not going to a nursing home. I'm not going to a facility. Like, look what's going on over there. Send me home. I want to go home. Right? So. <laughs> and with more people wanting to be home, honestly, since you mentioned that we do so much more in the home health setting, like we reduce a lot of costs for Medicare by preventing falls and having people going to the hospital for readmission, we save them a lot of money. But I'm wondering if as a profession, if we collect enough data to support that, that evidence that we already know, that we already see, is there data there that besides just commenting on the, the proposal to say that it's gonna be bad or you know make home health um, unstable because nurses can't do what we do the same way. Sometimes we can't do what the nurses do. Absolutely. I definitely don't like wound care. So I'm not going to be doing wound care. I'll do the basic stuff like remove staples and stuff after, you know, surgery, but the other stuff, no, I'm not packing wounds. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with but, you. Um, but we do save Medicare, a lot of money. And if they want to talk about health disparity and increasing access to care, 
there are a lot of physical therapists that can go to areas that they have a shortage of nurses in. And since we are also uh, skilled in doing OSIS start of care, if they're short on nurses, have the doctors write an order for the physical therapist to go there and do the start of care and then nursing follows. I mean, it's just that simple. Those are ways to adapt. But and, if and, and, and that's happening around here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, if, I'm, I'm getting a ton of uh, nurse, a ton of start of cares because nursing was ordered. They don't have a nurse like, you know, we need PT to, to do it. And then we'll try to get a nurse in afterwards. Yeah, it's happening. It's happening. But you've got some of these bigger hospital systems here that as it is are operating negative. You know, so how? you cut you cut more of their money now they're further in the negative where do you think they're going to recover or to attempt to recover it's, they're gonna go to clinicians i mean the upper upper management ain't taking a pay cut you know so it, it's it's easy to go after the clinicians who oddly enough are the ones that bring in the money but those are that's where you're gonna go um, and, and I think to your earlier point, as a whole, I feel like our profession has always been, you know, at the kid table at Thanksgiving instead of sitting with the grownups, right? Very so when we are treated as such, are seen as such, like physical therapy, you guys go take a seat over there. You, you're not the big boys and, and we don't speak up. Uh, some may make the argument that the APTA should probably do more. That's another topic for another day. Um, but as a profession, individuals collectively, I don't feel like we're respected enough, right? So when you don't have that respect, you're not deemed important enough to be involved in these decisions, to be involved in being thought of in these decisions. Because even if you don't get to partake in the decisions, be like, hey, I know PT's not here, but you know we gotta keep them in mind. That doesn't happen. I mean, doctors as a whole are always gonna take be taken care of. You know, they're, they're the gatekeepers historically to, to medical and, and to access, especially with HMO plans and stuff like that, you know, but I just think that part of the problem is we're not respected as a profession. We're not respected for what we do. Uh, and we don't have people kind of voicing their opinions for us. You know, we always hear about the bad things about physical therapy, but we don't hear about the good things. Um, and, and I think those things make it harder to be taken seriously. So what do you think, um, I know you mentioned in one of our previous episodes that you are not an APTA member, um, but the home health section, um, what do you think we should do as a section um, with this proposal? I, I think we have to, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like, do we even have data I'm sure we have, even on a very anecdotal level, sort of 
numbers, figures that can at least start to paint the picture of what we do as a profession in the home health world. Um, you know, and, and, and like you mentioned earlier, I think there was a period of time where as a, as a profession in home health, physical therapy was sitting at the top um, and through abuse and mismanagement, costs skyrocketed from from a Medicare standpoint, right? Like you were getting, you know, I've seen plans of cares where there was 30 something collective rehab services, you know, PT, OT and all this stuff in, in one cert period, right? So when you've got that times thousands, that's, that's a lot of money going out for not necessarily should it be going out? Should that client be receiving those services, right? So that abuse is what swung the pendulum completely the other way, you know, because you used to get those people of cares, two week eight, two week eight, and then you resert them another two week eight, and then you resert them again and another two week eight, right? You know, and now it's like, hey, it, it's uh, diagnosis based, but they they pivoted to try to make it a little bit more difficult as opposed to just saying, hey, you can just do whatever you want for you. Um, but but I feel that we, we've got to try to paint this picture where we show our value, where we show our significance so that the people in power making these decisions, making these recommendations on pay cuts can say, you know what, maybe let's hold off or, you know, let's look into this a little deeper before we do. And I feel like in the past that has worked sometimes, you know, they always, CMS says we're going to propose a rule. And then I know that there's been times where we're like, well, X, Y, and Z rule is going to get put on hold. We need to kind of investigate a little bit further. We need to, you know, see what's going on. So it, it definitely works. Um, but we need to, we need to get out there and voice our opinion because if we let them start taking 4% here, 4% there, they, you know, once you let them take a little bit, they're going to keep taking. And most, most definitely. Um, but to be able to get our voices heard, as you said, we, we have to move from the kitty table to the grown up table and, um, unfortunately, especially in, in home health, you don't have many physical therapists in positions, um, in executive level positions to, to argue on our behalf. So, uh, this ultimately falls back on the American Physical Therapy Association and they say we are APTA. So I hope the other settings, um, don't just stay on the sidelines because if this is affecting home health, it's going to be affecting skilled nursing. It's soon going to affect acute care. It's already been affecting outpatient care. So we talk about arguing and working for the business of physical therapy. This, this is one of those things that definitely uh, needs to be worked on. So, yeah, I, we're, we're at a, we're at a crossroad. I feel like, um with everything going on outside of the profession you know in the world right now and and then 
going on with within the profession like i feel we're at a crossroad like this can go either very well or very bad um and if you're a pt student right now i'd be paying close attention i'd be paying real close attention because you know i've been a pt now for 14 years and it doesn't even feel that long it's just crazy how the time goes um but I, I've been able to do pretty well for myself, but I didn't start in these conditions. Um, so to start now, you know, as an analogy, it's almost like, you know, that first time home buyer trying to buy a house right now. It, it's hard. It's hard. You got a lot of stuff going up against you. So, um, yeah, PT students, you know, staying staying in tune as to what is going in on, on what is happening in the profession right now because when you come out you've got to be ready to to face these battles um because some some of them are just you know some pts are on their way out so they're just like you know i did my part or, or I've, I've done my time so to speak I, i'm 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 tapping out and and we got to try you know, you, me, and, and some other, we got to try to lift this up as best we can so that those coming in can continue to push it upwards. Um, because if, if not, like I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like it's definitely, like I told you before, I've, I've looked, I've looked and I've thought about, you know, making a move, switching completely, it, how feasible that is because I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't feel as certain as I used to uh, about, you know, the, the, the profession and my ability to to make a living the way that I want to make a living. Um, and, and, and honestly, like the way that I have been, I, I'm not rich. I don't claim to be rich. I don't. I live a very good life, a very blessed life. Um, and I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to continue to do that. Uh, and, uh, you know, this, this is a huge part of that. Um, I, I, I totally get it on, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I've been pondering on stuff myself. Um, I know you mentioned that <laughs> even though certain things happened, it happened at the right time because it gave, it gave me an opportunity to, to be able to, to help concentrate on, on our podcast and try to move it forward and focus on the marketing and stuff that I've been able to learn a ton, you know, just following doctor's orders to keep my tail at home mm -hmm. and rest. So um, I've been reading books, you know, studying stuff. So it definitely has made me more comfortable if I have to make a pivot that I just make it and adapt as things come and not be like, oh my gosh, I spent my entire adult life studying physical therapy, doing physical therapy, then whatnot. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, I, I think whatever we decide individually or collectively, it it will be a good thing because there are principles that we have that are, has allowed us to succeed 
um, so far in life. And as you said, we're not rich, but we've been able to live comfortably. And we would want the next generation of physical therapists to enjoy things like we've enjoyed. It's looking sort of bleak right now, but after every storm, there is there's a rainbow and a sunshine. So this it, it could gets, just be it, a passing. It, it gets harder before it gets easier, you know. And yeah. And, and to your point, um, absolutely. I, I, I'm a man of of faith. I I, I believe strongly uh, in the man upstairs, and and I know that you know he has plans for me. He has plans for me and you individually and collectively with what we're building here. This to me in my vision is a part of my pivot. Um, and, and hopefully this is something that we can continue to grow and, and can take us to some of the places that you and I have discussed. Um, but everything happens for a reason. Um, and, you know, I know that no matter what, I'm gonna land on my two feet. Um, it's never going to be easy. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I don't want it easy. Um, because then you don't appreciate it. You don't appreciate it. When you put in the work, uh, you appreciate it. You put in the time, you, you appreciate things. When things are just kind of come easily, uh, you get you get complacent. And, and you know, sometimes things happen just wake you up, just like, hey, you know, you're you're on cruise control. You need to you need to come grab the steering wheel again and 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 start doing things what you need to do. Um, and quite frankly. Sometimes I feel like the, the last, you know, week or so it has been probably that, um, you know, just kind of, Hey, wake up, get your stuff together, you know, get, 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 stay active, stay doing what you're doing so that everything that, that has been planned and promised for me, uh, I can still get to. Very true. Very true. So, um, I'm likewise. So, as Alex and I have been encouraging you, if you're a home health clinician, whether physical therapist, nurse, occupational therapist, speech language pathologist, uh, phlebotomist, whatever you do, if you work in a home health setting, go to the CMS website and give your comment against the proposed 4.2% cut. We don't need this right now. Um, Access to home health is needed. We also don't need our patients to suffer. Think about our population aging and everything else that's going on. We all need access to quality care. We all need to continue to get money to pay our bills, keep a roof over our head, wear clothes, and feed the mouths that we have to feed. So please go comment on the CMS website. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think this is good conversation. So for our many followers, you know, hit us up on our social media accounts, um, which you can find them on, on the scroll at the bottom or hit us up individually, Mo or myself, like, you know, collectively when we interact and, and we have conversations, there's good things that can come from that. Um, good ideas, good good ways to to manage current situations, to way to improve situations. So please reach out to us. Let's you know, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think is good, what's not good. 
Um, Alex, I like when you said this. Alex, I didn't like when you said this. You know, whatever it is, let, let, let's talk. Let's figure it out because we, we need to help each other out. We need to stick together. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, we are PT. So all, all of our other therapists and other um, um, settings, like we need, to, we need to stick together. We need to stick together. We need to help each other out so that we can all kind of lift everybody up, you know. So like I said, when I win, we all win. So let's um let, let's get those let's get those W's rolling for for everybody in this profession. Um, because at the end of the day, we do this people and we do this because we love helping people. Um, and sometimes we gotta help ourselves and, and help each other so that we can help our our clients, our our patients, the ones that truly need us. Uh but but yeah, reach out, help out, speak up. Um and then keep watching episodes. Keep watching episodes. We've had a lot of good stuff come through. Uh, you know, the Pride episode that we released on Friday was was awesome. It was a, a huge learning experience for me. Um, and thank you to all those guests that we had on um, who who were felt safe and vulnerable to share their stories, to share their interactions, and and to teach us how we can continue to help and how we can continue to to do that. You know, we had an episode with. Dr. Rebecca on the emergency department. That got my wheels spinning. Um, you know, I talk about pivot. That's probably one thing I'd like to look into further. Um, so check that episode out. Um, we got some oldies but goodies with Jerry, uh, Nick. Uh, what else am I missing, Mo? I know we've got Cindy. Some... Cindy. Even Cindy, you that. Know, yep. Cindy on the home health issues. And we'll have to get Cindy back towards the end of the year as we get closer to the Oasis E and and even as we find out more about these proposed cuts and whatnot, but yeah. a lot of good content that we're trying to put out there for you guys. Uh, so and please. great content coming up too. Uh, so next week we have Dr. Todd Davenport. Um, hopefully the trolls will tune in as well too, so they could troll. Oh man, let YouTube. me tell you, <laughs> I'm definitely getting some popcorn for that one because uh, Todd, Todd's a, a good guy, man. And he, uh, let me tell you, I, I've learned to just sit and watch Todd. Like I don't even engage with Todd. Like it's just he's on another level. He he's uh he's like uh probably like Steph Curry dropping threes from the middle of the court, and everybody else just trying to trying to keep up with him. Man, you can't keep up with that man. So yeah. definitely looking forward to to having him on next week. Yep. So continue to tune in. We appreciate y'all. All right. Have a good night. Peace.